Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord praise tonight. If you said it, I believe it. He's a God of his word. Amen. He keeps his promises, saints of God. I'm so glad tonight that we serve a God who says something and does just what he says. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm so encouraged tonight. Uh, I tell you what, uh, I know you were facing things and as I was sitting over there and they were singing this song, I'm facing some things myself, but I just felt a weight lift off of me during this service and I'm going to give God praise. I just got an assurance in my heart that everything's going to be all right. Come on, somebody praise God tonight if you know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Oh, I'm just so grateful tonight. Uh, if you don't mind, I want you to please show some love to these singers and musicians tonight. They have just done an outstanding job this entire weekend, and I'm honored to be here uh, and uh, to be this final service, but I'm grateful to God for all of you. Uh, for, again, Collins family, Brother Jason, Sister Summer, and all of their children, Brother Terrence, and, and all of the staff here, and the friends that God has blessed us to make, and I'm just grateful to God uh, that the, the revival may end tonight, but God's going to keep moving in our lives, yes, and, uh, and we're grateful to the Lord for that. If you have your Bibles tonight, let's jump in tonight in 2 Kings chapter 3. Very familiar passage of scripture. Uh, I've preached from here any number of times, and the Lord uh, laid this on my heart last night at the end of the service. And uh, I'm going to just share what I believe God has given for this service tonight. Second Kings chapter 3 and verse 14. We'll jump in there. It says this, And Elisha said, as the Lord of hosts liveth before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look toward thee nor see thee. But now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, thus said the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. For thus saith the Lord, you shall not see wind, neither shall you see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water that you may drink, both ye and your cattle and your beasts. And this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He will deliver the Moabites also into your hand. I love the way the text is set up. Uh, they were facing an obstacle against the Moabites. And also, they didn't have water to drink. And God promises them that he's going to give them water. And then it was as though he disregarded the Moabites completely. And he said, oh, by the way, I'm going to give you victory over them too. <laughs> I'm going to give you water to drink. And by the way, I'm going to defeat the Moabites as well. And I love the setup. It says that this is just a light thing for God. How many of you know what you're dealing with, what is facing you? It may be a financial 
uh, deal. It may be even for the ministry. There may be, uh, sometimes we, we make the mistake of limiting God. But let me tell you something. I believe it's time that we just take the limits off. There's nothing wrong with believing God for more. There's nothing wrong with believing God for more land. For, there's nothing wrong with believing God. Sometimes we say, no, we don't need that. Let me tell you something. We are people of the kingdom. And we want all that God has for us. And I want to be like Jabez, Lord, I want you to enlarge my vision. Help me to believe you for more. Come on, somebody in here tonight. I, help me to believe you for what you have in store for me, for my family, for your people, and for other churches and people around the world. Tonight I want to minister just a few moments a message simply entitled, Make This Valley Full of Ditches. Make This Valley Full of Ditches. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for the privilege, the opportunity once again to share uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, we realize that we cannot preach without you. And Father, we pray now once again for the anointing of the Spirit, the help of the Spirit, the leading and guidance of your Spirit. And Lord, bless the people and anoint the people to hear what I believe you've given us for this service. And we give you all the glory and praise, and we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. As we study this text tonight, uh, there's a lot going on here, uh, but just to simplify it a little bit, Josh, not Joshua, uh, but Jehoshaphat is now the king over Judah, and of course, uh, you see this young man by the name of Jehoram, who is the king over uh, Israel. Uh, by now, the nation of Israel has split, and most of you know that if you're a student of the Bible, that turned into the northern kingdom, which was often called Israel, uh, and the southern kingdom, which was called Judah. It wasn't the will of God that the nation split, but it happened. And God still used and blessed this southern kingdom because God's word would not change. And so now you see the Moabites uh, who have kind of taken a position that uh, was against what they were sh should be doing. The Bible said this in the earlier parts of the chapter. He said this. He said, And Misha, king of Moab, was a sheep master and rendered unto the king of Israel a thousand lambs and a hundred thousand rams. He was paying tribute, but all of a sudden he backed out of the tribute after Ahab died. And so what happened was the new king of Israel wanted to go to battle. So he calls up Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat didn't pray about it. He joined ranks with him. Now, this was not the will of God. So sometimes, I want to say this, let's not mistake the blessings of God for the approval of God. Sometimes God will still bless even though we're wrong. I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. That doesn't mean God approved of the action, and you'll actually see as you study throughout the book of First and Second Kings, you'll see there were times where the people of God were in extreme idolatry, and God would still give a word. It just was amazing, and it blew my mind, and oftentimes God would say, I'm going to deliver you. This should teach us that everything that God does is not based on merit, it's based on his goodness. 
is based on the good God that he has even told Israel in the book of Deuteronomy. He said, what I'm doing for you and what I do for you is not because you've been good. And then in another text, uh, the Bible tells us, I believe it's in Ephesians, that tells us that God blesses us and forgives us for Christ's sake. Because of who Jesus is and what he did for us at Calvary, God blesses us. And so the text bears all of this out, and the battle is about to ensue. You've got three kings, uh, the Edomites, the king of Judah, and now the king of Israel come together to go against the Moabites. And they were wandering around for a week, seven days, and they had no water to drink. Can you imagine wandering around in July with no water to drink? Now, I don't know about y'all, but Jason, I know you wouldn't make it. You're hot now, man. Y'all have look over here. He's always, if you see us talking sometimes, probably 99% of the time, he's leaned over and tell me, man, I'm hot. <laughs> and I'm like, I am too, so we're hot nature. But can you imagine what you feel in the air is going in here? We got water to drink in here. But can you imagine wandering around? In a wilderness, in a hot desert, with nothing to drink for a week. Forget two or three hours, but for a week. And now they get to this place. Verse 9 says it came to pass when they were going over that Elijah. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm, in, I'm going the wrong way. It says this, so the king of Israel went and the king of Judah and the king of Edom. And they fetched a compass seven days journey. And there was no water for the host or for the cattle that followed them. So the men didn't have water. None of their animals had water. Just to bring out the text a little bit. And now the king, Jehoshaphat, says we need a word from the Lord. He said we need a prophet. He said, but Jehoshaphat said, is there not here a prophet of the Lord that we might inquire of him what thus said the Lord? And one of the king's servants said, here is Elisha. We need some Elishas and Elijahs today with a real word from God. Not a feel-good word from God, but a real word from God. And so now Elisha comes on the scene and he calls on the minstrel. I love anointed music. And he said, listen, I want you to play for me. And as the minstrel begins to play, the spirit of the Lord begins to move on Elisha. And he opens his mouth. And what he says next was one of the most bizarre words that you could hear. You're hot. You're thirsty. You've had nothing to drink. And the word of the Lord is, go get a shovel and start digging ditches. That's what y'all will be doing if Brother Jason said that. I don't know if you, this man crazy, we gone. <laughs> See, that's what I love about the word of God because God never sends what we expect a lot of times. Think about Israel when God told Joshua, he said, this is what I want y'all to do. Here's the strategy. March around the wall. Come on, God. March around the wall. And I'm going to do the rest. 
that's how that's the God that we serve. And so now they're out there in the desert. They have nothing to drink. And God says, listen, I want you to go out there and I want you to start digging ditches. As a matter of fact, you're not going to see any wind blowing. You won't even see any rain. But this is the word of the Lord. I'm going to fill this valley with water. Now, this took faith, and it takes faith today. And so often, saints of God, what we do is just like digging ditches. You come to church, and you clean up uh, the church. You're mopping the floor, and it seems like it's doing no good. Like, this is all I'm going to do. You're digging ditches. You come to a prayer meeting, saints of God, let me tell you something. You're digging ditches. Everything you do from God, for God, you're, for God, now keep that in mind, you're preparing for something and you're digging ditches. And let me go ahead and say this tonight. As a believer, you and I should have an expectation in our heart for God to do something spectacular. Can I tell you tonight that it's not a walk of faith if you wake up tomorrow expecting bad news? You realize that? And sometimes we go through so long, we start looking for something bad to happen. Am I talking to anybody in here or am I just talking about myself? All kinds of bad news keeps coming and everything just going the wrong way. The, bat, the call keeps coming in. And then you get laid off from your job and, and then they call about your house mortgage or, or whatever the case is. just bad after bad after bad. But the walk of the believer is I'm expecting something good to happen. In other words, when I check the mail, I'm looking for something good to come in the mail. When I pick up the phone, I'm expecting good news or I'm expecting God to do something amazing despite the bad news. So I'm digging ditches. I'm preparing myself for what's to come. I'm prepared. Listen, it doesn't feel good to dig ditches. But far too often the church is expecting something, but we're not willing to dig the ditches. It feels like digging ditches when you're out witnessing the souls. It feels like digging ditches when you are out talking to somebody about the Lord. I love when I look on Facebook at times, I'm seeing the outreach. Brother uh, Israel was telling me this morning, even Brother Jason shared it with me. He said he saw a memory on Facebook of him uh, being, I forget where he was, but he was somewhere with a beer in his hand. And then he said he saw the memory. Now five years later, he was in the same place, standing on that same stage, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because somebody was digging ditches. Somebody was preparing for a soul to be saved. And saints, that's what we're doing every time we come to a prayer meeting, every time we give, everything we do for the Lord. It's never a waste. We are preparing for what is to come in the kingdom of God. Listen, I want you to be so ready that you're sitting on the edge of your seat saying, God, what's next? I'm expecting somebody to walk in Wednesday night or Sunday morning with stage four cancer and God to heal them. I'm expecting somebody to roll in in a wheelchair and get up and start running around the church because I'm digging ditches and I'm expecting God to move. I'm expecting it. I got to. 
You talk about digging ditches. I won't get real far. But uh, Charles Parham was digging ditches. William J. Seymour was digging ditches. Uh, they didn't know what was to come. But what started out small and just a man being faithful to prayer, faithful to studying the word, faithful to calling on the Lord, digging ditches. It was hard work. He could have given up. He faced obstacles. He faced racism. He faced laws that forbid him to even go in a classroom. But he says, I'm determined to have a move of God. I'm determined to see God work in my life. I'm determined to see what the Bible says in the book of Acts take place today. They locked him out of the church. He didn't have a ride home. He kept going in that prayer closet. He was digging ditches. I had the privilege of walking in that house a few years ago and, and, and on Bunny Bray Avenue. A pastor I was preaching for out there in California, they took me there on a tour. They have tours or you can go and visit the site. And we went and there's just a marker on Azusa Street now. The building is gone. And they took me in that house. And when you walk in the house, uh, there's a plaque on the wall. And that plaque says April 9th, 1906. And it happened. I mean, he was digging ditches for a long time. But all of a sudden, his best friend went through to the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And listen, I don't want you to think tonight, I'm not going to limit this sermon to speaking in tongues. I know a lot of times we Pentecostals do that. But listen, I want tongues. I want interpretation of tongues. I want the gifts of the Spirit. I want fruit. I want the fruit of the Spirit manifesting in my life. I want God to open doors for me. I want new opportunities, new blessings, new people, new buildings. I'm believing God for a deluge of his blessings to overtake the church. problem is that we're hot and we don't really want to dig no ditches now can y'all talk to me tonight and help me for just a moment if brother Jason called y'all out here to a field in July and said we're going to dig a bunch of ditches how many of y'all would really show up I know some of y'all saying I ain't saying nothing I love you pastor but I won't be there and that's what was called upon these men to do. They said, this is what it's time to do. And I'm sure they were griping and complaining. Because I would have been. I'm hot, I'm thirsty, and I just need something to drink. I don't feel like digging any ditches. And the thing that got me was, God didn't say, go out there and dig a ditch. He said, I want you to make the valley full of ditches because what I'm about to do is going to be more than enough. I'm not just going to feed you or give you water, but your, your camel got to drink. And y'all know camels drink a lot of water. All of your cattle have to drink. Everybody who's with you has to be filled. And not only am I going to do that, but I'm going to give you victory over the enemy. 
So everything that you need, I'm making provision for it now, but will you obey me when it's time to move? And the thing about faith is that when God says move, listen, a few, I told you this before. God told me to leave my job, and I didn't want to leave my job. I didn't want to walk away from my job because I had a good paying job. And listen, you don't get rich in ministry. That shouldn't be the goal anyway. Am I right about that? But every other Friday, a check was coming, and I knew what that check was going to be. Now, I don't know what the check's going to be. The pandemic hit, saints of God, I'm being honest with you and transparent. I, all the meetings got canceled. Everything shut down. Church had to close the doors. Couldn't even get a salary. But guess what God did? God kept providing and kept me. I'm telling you how good God is. I didn't call anybody and say, could you give me money? Could you help me? Out of nowhere, I had people calling me. God told me to send you a check. God told me to bless you. God told me, and then we weren't having church. No church, no services. And God started touching people's hearts. And we ended up raising $45,000 cash to remodel the church and move into church. You guys blessed us. And people were just calling and giving. Make the valley full of ditches and get ready for what God has in store. I won't get the glory for this. He will. And that's what I love about God. What he did, it's impossible for anybody to say, look at what I did. It's faith. Well, Lord, I'm walking away. It's faith. He said, leave. Leave. I said, God, I'll leave when you fill the schedule and you, I said, I'll walk away. He said, don't leave. He said, leave and trust me. I walked in that company, I'll never forget it, with a paper and I, with my two-week notice re resignation. And, and the time in which I left, God knew what he was doing. Sometimes God will tell you to do stuff that just, Lord, you sure? How you end up over here in North Carolina? <laughs> Some of the stuff God tells you to do, you have to say, are you sure? Like, we actually have the audacity to ask God, is he sure? And then the thing that I love is watching the plan of God unfold. When you move in the direction he tells you to go, faith starts to build in you. Because he starts making provision. And the stuff he starts to do, you can't say you did it. You have to come to the conclusion, look what God did. I didn't even have money, and God, you blessed me with a house. I didn't have money, and you blessed me with a car. That's the God that we serve. He said, leave. I said, he said, trust me. I gave my notice, and God hears me. When I got home, I got a call. I had nothing on my schedule to preach. My coworkers thought I was crazy. The time I was there eight years. So at the time that I left, I was getting to that place where I could, what they call top out. Have you ever worked in a industry or factory, you know what I'm talking about. Top out is your top pay. 
And I, I used to work for a company called Warehouser. Now it's international paper. Some of you may have heard of pulp and paper industry. Very lucrative income. Very good paying job. And God said, I want you to leave. And I walked away. And when I got home, I got a call from a pastor. He says, I want you to come do a revival. I went and preached the revival. I've gone to preach revivals. God had to correct me. He had to hit me. He had to, oh, he had to, I mean, I, I've gone through some strict discipline from God and chastening. I've gone to a church, and, my, and I'm, this is just personal tonight. I, I, I went to a church to preach. I had, I, before I left, I had told my wife, I said, I, I don't, I didn't even want to go because there was such a need at home financially. And I didn't know how we were going to meet the need. And there was a church meeting in a garage. They had six people. And they said, would you come preach our anniversary service? And I said, I, I can't go there. I, I'm not going to be able to really get an offering. I wouldn't even feel comfortable asking the church for the offering. God said, go preach it. I went to preach. There was, I think, 11 people there. Saints. Do you realize what I needed? Those 11 people met that need and doubled it. I got, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I got back to my hotel room and I, I, I pulled my, my, my honorarium out and I sat it down. And I remember literally falling back on the bed. I said, how in the world? Because it's not about you. It's not about them. It's about God. All you got to do is start digging ditches and God is going to be the one who blows your mind. And that's just what I'm expecting tonight for God to do something that blows my mind. Do you remember how the disciples responded when Jesus was sleeping the ship and the, the tempest came and the Bible says he woke up and spoke to the wind? I would have flipped out. He looks at a storm and says, hush, be quiet. And the disciples looked at each other and they said, what manner of man is this? Y'all know how we are. We see a basketball game. Who is this? How did he do that? How? That's how God is going to move. And that's what I'm expecting us to say. How did this happen? How did this money get here? How did the land get here? Because that's the kind of God that you serve. Make the valley full, though. I remember one text the Bible says that the, the widow was told to go get you some empty barrels. Don't borrow a few of them, though. Bring as many barrels as you can. And as many as you bring, I'm going to miraculously fill the barrels. What do you have in your house, saints? The problem is we stop short. The problem is we won't ask God. The problem is we don't have that kind of faith like Elisha where he says, I want a double portion of the, uh, the spirit of God that's on your life. I want to see God move the sea again. I want to see God make an axe head float. I want to see God raise the dead. Listen, I'm not trying to preach you happy. I just wish we would believe God again for the impossible to be made possible. I'm believing God that we'll get the news like Lazarus. That God will raise the dead after the funeral. Y'all didn't get that. Do you realize they had already had Lazarus' funeral? 
Oh, I wish somebody got that tonight. His funeral was, ha they had the repast, they had ate, everything was over, and then Jesus showed up. Man, that's something. And they were mad. What you doing here now? We called you when Lazarus got sick and you showed up after the funeral. He says, I'm here to show y'all something. I'm here to show you something. That, listen, when I come on the scene, and I'm not talking about Torrance Nash, I'm talking about Jesus Christ. Though you were dead, yet shall you live. When Jesus showed up, the Bible says everybody got healed. Some people he didn't even touch. He just walked by, and they got healed. One woman reached out and grabbed his garment, and she got healed. I'm believing God tonight for God to move like that. God raised the dead after the funeral. They said, don't roll that stone away. He's stinking. Uh, Jesus said, no. Lazarus, come forth. And after four days, this man waddles out of a tomb with grave clothes on. And Jesus looked at him and said, loose him and let him go. That's the God that we serve. I'm believing God that we'll make the valley full of ditches. I'm believing God that the church will fall again in prayer with the expectation that God's going to hear our prayer. Peter was arrested. Brother Jason, I don't know what's going to happen. The way this country is going, we may get arrested for preaching. But we can't stop. We can't stop. What are you going to do when they come in here and lock him up for preaching the gospel? Well, let me tell you what the New Testament church did in the book of Acts. They didn't panic. They called a prayer meeting. They said, what y'all going to do? We're going to have a prayer meeting. They came to the church, and the Bible says they prayed all night long. We get in prayer for a few minutes and we start getting tired. They prayed all night long. They said, we're not leaving here until we see God move. While they were praying, they got a knock on the door. While they were praying. And the young lady went down to answer the door. And she, I'm, I'm using our vernacular. She said, who is it? He said, open the door, it's Peter. No, it can't be Peter. Peter's in jail. She, it's Peter. Open the door. She was so terrified, she didn't even open the door. She ran back in the house and said, somebody's at the gate that they say they're Peter. They look up and Peter is there telling them everything that happened. Listen, it's time that we stop praying through the formality of prayer. See, and start praying with the expectation that we're going to see God do what we're praying for him to do. I don't want to just pray for people to be healed with cancer, but while we're praying, I'm believing God that we're going to expect it to happen, that we're going to expect the doctor to call and say, we can't find anymore. Make the valley full of ditches. Your labor is not in vain when you do it for the Lord. It's not in vain when you're praying, when you're seeking, when you're trusting, when you're believing. It's not in vain, child of God. You praying for your son, your daughter, it's not in vain. 
keep making the valley full of ditches. The Bible says when they got up, they looked out, and just like God said, water was everywhere. Can you imagine that sight? Now, all of this that I've been talking about, to them it was huge, but to God it was nothing. It was like God was in heaven saying, oh, all y'all need is water. Okay. I can make water come and, and hide the rain from you. That's who I am because I created all of this. I can put the, the, the water in the ditch that you dug and all you did was dig the ditch. I'm going to do the hard part. That's hard for you. But the Bible still says, is there anything too hard for God? He says, I'm going to provide the water. And while you're getting all the water and everything is being prepared for you, they didn't even show up to battle. When the Moabites got there, God calls, God done brought water. He calls the sun to shine on the water just right to where the enemy thought the water was blood. And they said, oh, man, the Edomites and the Israelites, they're fighting against each other, and they've killed each other. And by the time they showed up, God wrought a great victory because that's the kind of God that we serve. He does things that were thought impossible, things that are just amazing, that defy logic. Some of you have heard testimonies. When I was a little boy, I've heard testimonies of a, a, a saint of God in a head-on collision, and they shouted Jesus in one-way one traffic. And they said they don't know how it happened, but it was as though God spread the highway, and they drove past the 18-wheeler. Saints, that's God, and he can do things. Jesus touched a man who had a withered hand, and it was made whole. Jesus caused limbs to grow back. Jesus caused people to walk who didn't even know how to walk. Make the valley full of ditches. Do you realize a person who has never walked has no muscle in their leg? So you realize what kind of miracle that is? Not just for them to say rise up and walk, but the miracle was having to instantly put muscle in the person's legs. They had never walked and then teach them how to take steps. The man at the gate called beautiful had never walked. He didn't just get up and start walking. He was leaping and jumping. That's the God that we serve. Because the disciples were making the valley full of ditches. Where did you find the disciples? In prayer meetings. When the day of Pentecost came, where were they in a prayer meeting? They were preparing. They were making the valley full of ditches. They were preparing for what God was about to do. And my fear today in myself, in the church, because I look at me first, is that we talk more about a move of God than we actually expect. And I don't want to fall into that. I don't want to go through the formality of preaching a sermon about God moving and then leave here and go back to who I was and what I was. 
But I'm challenged tonight to pray like never before, to give like never before, to believe like never before, to just sit on the edge of my seat and expect like never before. When you work a job and you get a, a paycheck, what do you do? You check your bank account. You got direct deposit to make sure they put it in there. Why? Because you were expecting it. We trust our jobs more than we trust God. And we saw within the last year, year and a half, everything got shook. Even the buildings that we walk in and call church, it exposed us and it shook us. And you find out where people really are and, and how was church really just a formality? And now all of this time has passed and people are still struggling and debating on whether I'm just going to even go to church or not. I'm comfortable watching it on my device. Saints, it's time that we make the valley full of ditches. If God could protect Paul from being bitten by a venomous and poisonous snake, you don't think he can protect us today? Listen, I respect medical doctors. I pray for medical doctors. And I pray for every family member who has lost someone during this pandemic or through this virus. I pray for them. My heart breaks for them. But saints of God, with the same fervency we pray for those who have gone home, we ought to be believing God and praying and pleading the blood of Jesus Christ over our communities, over our churches, that we can walk into the church door and say, if COVID is here, the blood of Jesus Christ will get it out of the door. That's just the kind of faith I got. Don't knock me for believing now. And you got Christians that'll get mad. I mean, y'all crazy. You shouldn't be praying for that. Why not? If Elijah could pray for an axe head to float, I ought to be able to pray for God to keep us from a virus. Can I get a witness in here? If Elijah could say, where is the Lord God of Elijah and cause a river to part, we ought to believe God to protect us today. I just believe that we need to make the valley full of ditches and get ready for the water to fill them up and get ready for victory and get ready for what God has for his people. I'm just believing it tonight. That God is going to restore God's going to move in the church, in the people of God who truly love God and remove the doubt, remove the fear. Remove it is what I'm praying for in Jesus' name. And tonight as I close, singers and musicians, you can come. I'm just trusting Brother Swaggart sings that old song. I just feel like something good is about to happen. I feel like that tonight. I'm just believing that tonight. I'm just standing on that tonight. I just feel like something good is about to happen. And people who really expect things prepare for it. 
I'm preparing by digging ditches. I know it's hot. I know it's hard labor. I know coming to church, some of you have to drive so far and sometimes it's raining or uh, sometimes things don't go as we thought they ought to go. And, but let me tell you something tonight. Dig the ditches. Stand on the word of God. And don't let the trials of life distract you from seeking God for more for you, your family, your church family and churches and believers all over the world. There are some people who don't even have the freedom and liberty to come into a church like we're doing tonight. They have to hide to have church. Here we are in this country. We've got every freedom and liberty in the world to assemble and worship. God, help us if we don't take advantage of it. Make the valley full of ditches. Would you stand all over the house of God tonight? I don't know what you're standing on the word for tonight. But here's the altar appeal that I have that I feel led to do. There are those of you who are here. What you need, I want you to hear me closely. What you need cannot happen by man. The need that is in your life, there may be a bondage or bondage of sin, whatever it may be financially. No one can physically help you, but God can. It has come so dire and so impossible. But let me say this as well. God still uses people too. And he can send somebody in your life that you don't even know to help you and to bless you. I've seen him do it. But tonight there's an impossible need. It's impossible with you, impossible with man. But with God, all things are possible to them that believe. If you're here tonight and it's a child, some of you are believing God for your children. They've strayed away into a foul lifestyle and, and you're just trusting and believing God. As Brother Jason shared about the young man for, what, 26 years or so, standing on the word for his father, he kept believing and he came. Don't give up. Don't quit believing God. Don't throw in the towel. Tonight, if it's you, if you need a touch from God, if you're believing God for something amazing, if you're believing God for something that you've been standing on the word for, come tonight and let's begin to pray. Let's touch and agree tonight that God meets the need, that God opens the door, whether it's an employment opportunity. I don't know what it is. The need is huge for you, but for God, it's but a light thing it's a light thing and whatever you guys have to sing as they sing I'm gonna ask you to come let's pray tonight and let well brother I prayed last Sunday I prayed this morning well let's pray again tonight let's keep believing God and let's keep standing on the Word of God come on tonight would you come
And I, and I actually uh, kind of hinted to you. I said, you know, we, we want to go from what we do well to doing it excellent. I can't fill a ditch, but we've been digging them for eight years. And I can tell you right now, I know a lot about digging ditches. I, I physically did it. And you can do it with a little tiny spade to, 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 that's just big enough to plant a little daisy. Or you can use a track hoe with a three-foot bucket that'll fill a, a dump truck up with a couple scoops. But it don't make no difference. Both is the same process. Both removes it. I can't feel it, but I promise you I can keep digging. And we're going to keep, we've been digging for eight years, and we're going to keep digging. He will fill it. I can't bring the increase. The Bible says that God shall bring the increase, but I can't plant and I can't water. There are things that you can do that you may have done well, but you can do excellent if you'll put your hand to the plow and you'll trust Him. I'm telling you right now, we're going to keep digging. And that might be just our new slogan. Thank you for that. We're going to keep digging. I don't care. Listen, it is tiring. Sometimes it is frustrating, and sometimes you just wonder, God, when? And the whole time you was preaching, I don't know if he's watching or not, I kept thinking about John Morris. We put that man on the track over here, and he, he would have took down every tree from here to, to Timbuktu if we would have let him, because he wanted, he had a vision, and he said, I know that God would do it. And he's in West Virginia now. He moved up there to be with his grand. I ain't got no problem with that. He's up there with his grandchildren. But I can tell you, John Morris, if you're watching, we're going to keep digging. Because I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe it. And it may, you may not believe it with me, but I'm going to tell you right now. God, give me enough faith to believe for you. Because I promise you, it's coming. It's coming. We're going to dig. You don't... Don't worry about trying to fill it. Don't worry about trying to fill the house. Keep preparing. Keep digging. People have asked us for eight years, what are you doing? Why are y'all expanding the parking lot? Why are you clearing out land? Why are you making a pad for a volleyball court? What's this Build-A-Barn thing you're talking about? Why are you looking at church plans, Jason? Why are you showing us this? Because I will not limit God. I promise you, I might not be able to fill it, but I can dig, and I'm going to keep digging. I leaned over and I told Torrance this morning, people are not looking for a church. But if you'll take it to them, and you allow them to see the Christ that's in you instead of just talking about Him. We talk way too long. The church has talked too much. Let them see Him in you. Trust Him. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. I can't thank you enough for being obedient. I can't thank you enough. We, we are, are, I'm over, I don't know about you, I'm overwhelmed with joy. I feel like I did August, uh, August of 2013 when they, when they said, will you come pastor? I, I feel like that right now. Eight years, I feel like that right now. Like his rent is, and don't be scared because yes, there's still stuff to do, but don't worry about it. God will do it. He'll do the impossible. 
and I'm not going to make some things known, but I'm going to give every, every person that comes to this church is going to have a, a list, and it's going to be impossibilities that you're going to be praying for with us. And if you're not going to pray for them, don't, don't lie to me and take it. I'm going to give you a list of impossibilities because it's impossible with us. We're not a big church by no means. And some people may watch and think, we're not a big church. And, and obviously, if you scan the congregation, you can see that we're not a big church. We ain't never had $100,000 in the bank. Oh, it's come in and it's went out. I don't believe in hoarding up God's blessings. I believe in sharing them. But I'm going to tell you something. You're going to get a list and you're going to pray with me. And if you're not, please don't take it because I'm believing for the impossible. I'm believing it. God is good. He's faithful. He has always been there. He has always come through. And I'm telling you right now, you, you just watch. Just watch. Just watch. We love you guys. I, I can't, uh, I'm not going to speak for you, but I can't wait till you come back. And whenever that is, uh, we'll, we'll, the Lord will work that out. And uh, I'm telling you, one day when I'm coming down through Mississippi, we go, my family is just going to pull on in there and worship with you guys. But I, I, I can't thank you. I can't. The Lord connects hearts and he connects friendships. And, and he did that with, with Torrance and myself. And I thank God for that. Uh, the, the little uh, run in, I guess, at IYC. And I would always minister before or after Mario in the workshops. And we, we met right there. And, and it's just a friendship. And, and, it's, and believe it or not, uh, we, we think a lot alike, and that's kind of scary in a way, but but I, I, I trust the Lord with all that's within me. So I, I'm telling you, and please, I know this has become a, a cheesy saying, but we've said it forever. The best is yet to come because Christ is coming. It ain't a political slogan. The best is yet because Christ is coming. And I'm telling you, just keep going. Keep going. Keep going. We love you guys. Thank you guys for your prayer, for the support. Uh, we'll, we'll keep you in the loop. I, within the next two weeks, I can, I can promise you, you're going to have this list. Church council, wherever you are, we got something to do. You got something to do. And uh, we're going to get it to you because we're going to believe. We're going to believe. God bless you. We'll see you um, Wednesday or, or whenever we see you. But we'll see you soon. Be blessed.